Welcome back to Discovery Debrief, a podcast setting a course to discuss the future of the final frontier in Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Prodigy, Star Trek Strange New Worlds, and more. I am co-host Cicero Holmes, and I'm joined by three-fourths of your Debrief Mission Chicago away team, Ty Monaghan, and making his triumphant return MVP Dan Decker. Ty, how you doing? Great, great. I'm I'm uh the first half of this episode is going to take place entirely within my mind. Ah. Ah, very very appreciative. And uh Mr. MVP himself, Dan, how are you? Oh, you are doing He's muted is how muted. he is. Oh, wait a minute. There it is. There how about go. now? Yes. All right, so I am doing absolutely fantastic now that we're past all of the technical hurdles. Um, but that that is what happens usually when the Commodore Decker steps on the bridge. Uh, things maybe don't go uh, according to plan. Hopefully we'll avoid the doomsday machine. Well, you know what, damn it, Dan, we, we don't have time to waste. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to get right into it, man. Uh, last, last episode, Ty and I were able to debrief the rest of the crew about our mission Chicago experience, but we were only there one day. What was mission Chicago like for someone who was able to consume the entirety of the convention? Oh, wow. Yeah. It, um, all three days were different in, uh, you know, in their own way. So Friday was very low key, not a lot of people there, um, which kind of, allowed me to kind of mill around to everything. Uh, and, you know, being able to get in ahead of the crowd, uh, I had the VIP pass, so I was able to uh, scoot in an hour ahead and uh, scoot to the front of the line, which, you know, you and I took advantage of on that yeah. third day. Uh, but Saturday, the second day, was definitely, I think, the the con experience that I, that I thought Friday would have been, uh, but then realizing that, you know, of course, people are off Saturday. It's a weekend thing to do. So, yeah, of course, it's going to be busier. Uh, but that was really where it felt like the jam was, of course, saw the most people there that day. Um, and then Sunday, though, of course, stands out because that is the day where it felt like uh, all of our stars and planets aligned and we had a great time meeting uh, each other and new friends. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, one thing, one thing that, uh, we, that Ty and I talked about, uh, last episode was, um, how spacious the, the con felt, um, even though the, the space that it was in was, was more compact than, than conventions normally are at, at McCormick place, um, what was it like in terms of uh, sizing and population in comparison to Sunday for the, for the other, for the previous two days? Um, it was, you know, it used, they used the same space uh, overall, but that right. space on Saturday uh, felt so much more um, uh, consumed, right? Mm. That made it feel without being crowded, uh, right. But that made it feel more alive. Like like you said, it was they did a good job of spreading things out, making it feel uh, a bit larger maybe than it was without it feeling like they were trying to stretch the edges. Um, right. And as you noted, having been there for other 
conventions, um, you know, you noted they're using just a fraction of what uh, the space really is overall there. Um, but it was a great event, I think, for a lot of us, just being the first thing we got to do post-COVID. Yeah. Uh, and, and, the, and, you know, the, the meeting and the fellowship that we got to do while we were there. Yeah. Well, what were, what were some of your highlights? What were like, you know, panels that you did or things that you got to see in the first, you know, and all three days actually. Um, yeah, the, you know, I got to see the strange new worlds panel. I got to see the deep space nine panel. Uh, uh, yeah, that was great. That was with, uh, Nana, uh, and, uh, uh, Siddig and um, uh, Chase, of course, uh, they're the three the three representatives there. Uh, And Nana was a little bit late uh, getting Mm -hmm. there due to a flight delay or something. Uh, But that was a great uh, way to start things off. And then, of course, the lower decks panel um, was an absolute riot. Um, And and what the 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 fun thing with that is that you know this was the first time that cast has been together in person since that show started wow um, they have never been in the same space together and the first time they are they show up in costume that is uh, awesome. yeah. and you know of course being who they are it is their their costume is is just on point including mariners cost sleeves are costume rolled up right they right. they're just permanently <laughs> rolled up uh and you know tawny newsome and all all the crew there were killing it uh and then to have uh jerry uh, be there for that as his role as ransom as as a first officer, and then uh, Rebecca was there for the strange new world side of things, and her role as number one. And, you know them being a family of first officers of Star Trek. Just yes, I yeah. mean, come on, yeah. man, that come is true. On. I didn't even make that connection. That's a great yeah, connection. It's so good. Wow. It's so good. Well, and then too, here's <laughs> another connection for you, Jerry and Will. Were there? That's half of right. Stand by Me. Yes, um, exactly. And I think they made a connection. I think they reconnected in, a, in an unexpected way because afterwards there was a uh, interview with them on a show where they came together, right. uh, and Jerry just opened up a little bit and, and yeah. apologized to Will, you know, for not being there. And you know, Will's like, "Dude, we were eleven, you know, right?" Which is right. just just what an example of way to extend grace to someone who's trying to find a way to to say, "I wish I could have been a better friend," right? Right. Yeah. You know? You know, and just uh, we can all learn that lesson, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that uh, brings me to my one regret from uh, that weekend. And that was not having a chance to meet Will Wheaton. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because uh, if if there was if there was anybody that I would have I would have fanned out about um you know, um, is, is that guy, because he just, he feels like he, he, he definitely was like, as we were watching TNG, he was the avatar for us. Right. Um, you know, Wesley, such a little bit older than us. Right, right. Exactly. And he, you know, he was the avatar for us and, and, you know, to learn that the actor who played the avatar for us on that show is one of us. Yeah. makes you know makes it all feel very real um and you know just being able to express that and 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 express you know some of the the joy and the confidence that he has given us to like just be nerds right and just yep. celebrate being being a nerd and kind of being flawed and 
um, you know, and kind of being the person that, that, you know, that we're going to wind up talking about in, in our subject show as we, as we talk about Picard. Um, so, you know, that was my one regret of, of the show was not having a chance to meet him. And hopefully maybe will you, I'm manifesting that you're, you're listening to debrief so that you could hear those words. Um, well, I did get to, you know, meet him uh, right. in so much as uh, I went to, he did a panel. Right. Uh, so he did speak and that was great. Uh, I was able to wear his shirt, you know, Trek side of the moon. Um, mm-hmm. I waited in line to speak to in, in his line to speak to him. After that, I was able to thank him for a lot of the things that you said, uh, right. as well as, you know, him being open about his mental health journey and the struggles Absolutely. that he's faced uh, and how, you know, I can not, you know, he's been an avatar. Uh, it turns out uh, a lot for a lot more and a lot longer than we expected. Um, Absolutely. And then I got to have my picture with him, which was great because, you know, uh, he's very safe. He keeps, you know, you wear your mask, he wears his mask, uh, but he uses this little, uses this little placard that he holds up. That's his face smiling. And so he holds it up over the mask when he takes the picture. Uh, And it it was great. Yeah, it was great just to get to say hi and thanks and, um, you know, see him there and and for him to be out uh, uh, amongst the fans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. So I guess that leads me into. Is there anything on your comment card, on your Mission Chicago comment card that you uh, could have, you think that could have made uh, the convention better or your experience at the convention better? Some things that they can take with them to Seattle next year. I would say uh, overall, the, mm, the show floor kind of seemed to be overwhelmed by the continuum booth. Um, mm-hmm. It was very loud uh, and con- constantly going. And it would have been nice to not have that in the background, maybe the whole time. That, the continuum um, that, booth was the uh, NFT. multimedia NFT experience <laughs> yes. room that, that uh, we discussed uh, a yes. bit on the last episode of deep. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the app, uh, could have been a little bit more um, uh, intuitive, and you know, there's some just functionality tidbits uh, as far as you mean the makers of Paramount Plus <laughs> <laughs> struggle <laughs> with apps. What and UI? Oh, there was something else that kind of popped up that I thought would be uh, helpful. Um, maybe like little, you know. Uh, eye beacons or something like that to kind of identify places where you are uh, to help find your locations to some sure. of the, um, other stuff. But yeah, uh, overall, I thought for my first, now I've been to, I've gone to a little, uh, twice to the Little Rock Comic Con, uh, several times to the Conway Comic Con, which is surprisingly big for our tiny little place uh, and a great name, Conway Comic Con. Come on. Yes. Uh, right. Com- uh, that's Comic Conway. That's great. Oh, um, nice. <laughs> uh, and then uh, to Dallas once. Um, but this was the first con that was dedicated specifically to Star Trek that I've been to. Uh, that was just, you know, 100 um, percent in that. And and so for my first experience, this was really good, um, you know, related to other first experiences like seeing Rush for my first rock concert. Right. Maybe not that level. <laughs> uh, definitely, um, definitely enhanced by the camaraderie uh, that was found there. Also, um, you know, uh, I, I, I'm a little bit 
uh, reserved in calling it the the church that Roddenberry built uh, because I really believe that you know it's the church that the fandom built. Uh, but it was a lot like going to a southern, you know, old school southern tent revival. You know, just a cleansing of the soul and a a way to um, reconnect with humans that we have and and uh, strange new aliens from other worlds that uh, you know <laughs> uh, maybe we haven't seen before. Right. <laughs> Well, uh, in- incredibly well said, and thank you for that. Um, I, I want to open it up to to you know the rest of our panel to Ty. Um, but uh, Ty, what was the biggest news story that you think you heard coming out of Strange New World? Uh, Strange New Worlds uh, coming out of Mrs. Chicago. Oh, I don't know. I don't remember all the news stories that came out, but I do want to use this opportunity since you asked me a question to say, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, I just love that Dan a few times has sort of brought up what to me is like the emotional core of Star Trek, right? Which is like human connection and empathy and like, you know, kind of these these moments of grace between uh, some of our Star Trek actors and, and different things like that. Because for me, um, I think this probably came through when I was discussing my experience at the convention, but it was difficult for me uh, after two years of really not being physically around people to make that transition to being around people. I've been uh, in some public settings and stuff before, but not in like a large scale thing like that, where I'm meeting a bunch of new people and uh, sometimes even connecting and interacting with strangers. Um, And it was surprisingly difficult for me to uh that's never been you know like a big strength of mine but uh not to overshare but like it was really hard for me to get back into that um groove and so um and it's just like i said you know just a little bit of like also me too that being my first convention and being a little bit newer of a star trek fan and stuff like that there's there's a little bit of a sense for me of like okay you know is is this for me like do i belong at this thing um and so it's just really like um rejuvenating to just like hear dan talking about it uh in this way just as it was uh to see you dan like in in person uh and you cicero obviously uh at the at the convention uh in person so uh that's my uh answer because i can't think of what specific news came out it seems like they announced so many seasons ahead of time right like it it seems like so many times we know that the next season of something is coming before the current one is out or whatever and i I, it's honestly hard for me to keep straight what was news from that uh convention and what was just news around that convention especially because as i also think i mentioned while we were sitting and waiting for that prodigy panel we must have watched 18 minutes of ads for fleet command that yes. was louder than anything else i've ever experienced so i, I don't yeah, know they, they, uh, i guess that's my answer fleet command download fleet it play it top the uh they top the now. nft booth right <laughs> <laughs> well uh no some of them are funny yeah i mean sure yeah and they, you know yeah they they're definitely funny the first three times that you hear them then they're <laughs> annoying and then they hit like the eighth time it's funny again and then you just want to like you just want to end and everything Someone take anyway. out of this. right um but dan what about you uh you know there was there was so much going on there were so many things that were happening there was uh information and and you know and while you were at a panel like the lower decks panel news was being made 
in that panel that was reported outside in the outside world, what were some of the things that uh, that you felt like outside of the weekend you, you came back and was like, oh, I heard when this broke and this happened and blah, blah, blah. And I was there for this. You know, it's it's weird um, because in the moment, you know, you're you are or at least I was cognizant of the fact that I was, you know, I was there. I'm hearing this. I'm that I'm that person right now. I'm going to know something. It's like being the old, um, you know, uh, the projectionist back at the movie theater. I get to yeah. see the movie, you know, uh, a, a, a bit earlier than everyone. Right. You know, I, I know something. Uh, I know what Phantom Menace is about. Right. right. Um, because I saw it before you did. <laughs> and, um, and so there was that element of it. Uh, but then akin to you know running like a beta version of software if you run it so long that it's not beta to you anymore and then other people start talking about those features you're like oh yeah that is new to you isn't it you know so it just kind of it just kind of filters into the you know into the the just the the ethos and the mythos that's already there right right yeah <laughs> yes exactly uh that that's i mean that is everything everything that it is and all at once because you just right you just get news and you're just like oh processing information 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 right and you don't like rarely do you know history is being made when history is being made right exactly but like like yeah but apparently so there's the moment from the lower decks panel where mike mcmahon is uh uh asked about uh whether or not he can go and help the the other uh yeah. other series you know um yep. yeah so, so the whole room that i and i heard it was like there were there were some cheers and you know a lot of people laughing but some cheers and some kind of groans and boos in in the i in the i crowd. booed well yeah. i don't know yeah. that i booed but i audibly uh i audibly uh, expressed my displeasure with right. the the you know wasting <laughs> you gave a boo earns yeah, I gave a boo boo. I was saying boo earns. Um, I, I yeah, it, what a what a wasted opportunity. Right. Yeah. You know, it was like it reminded me of this uh, this time when um, you know James Earl Jones came to speak uh, at the University of Central Arkansas, and and I was able to go listen. And someone, you know, took their Q and A time and and his time to ask him to say, you know, the line from, from fricking empire strikes back. And I'm like, you know, what are you doing? You know, you've got, you got this opportunity and you're gonna, you're gonna take it there. Can't you just say, I appreciate what you're doing with lower decks. Um, and I would like to see more of that energy in the rest of new star Trek. I mean, there's a way you can deliver that without it being, hurtful to someone right well, and constructive you know yeah but that's me yeah but you don't get re- you don't get retweets for that i will also uh <laughs> use this opportunity shout out to the man at the uh prodigy panel who basically took his opportunity to ask uh prodigy's cool but could you make like a saturday morning cartoon kind of thing because prodigy has some heavy stuff like uh you know the characters being <laughs> sold into slavery and they're like yeah actually like it's coming to nick or, or whatever on on the weekends you know and we're i don't know they're gonna you know they're gonna syndicate it or put it on tv differently the guy and the guy's like yeah no i kind of meant like could you make like a different show Yo. like a cartoon that's like a little more and they were like i don't 
this is the prodigy <laughs> panel like <laughs> i don't know man it's, it's pretty it's it's pretty kid friendly yeah, yeah and i don't know if you guys know this but kids deal with some deep stuff you know yeah yeah right. absolutely but they were sort of like are you asking if we could also make like a second right additional yeah, yeah, show? Is, yeah right. i don't know right, i would love a second show but you know. prodigy light you know <laughs> This is this is not Star Trek Prodigy. It'll be out um, on Thursday. Right, right. That's funny. Uh well, I mean, it's it's good to know that uh there are plans for this show to air on Nickelodeon. Um Eventually. what channel is Nickelodeon? What channel is Nickelodeon again? Oh yeah, I don't know because nobody has cable anymore. But all right, sure. Um, the cable, the cable brings the internet to my house, and the internet right. brings the things that I watch. Right. I like I I I <laughs> I mean, these are decisions that they're making, but it, it just sounds weird to me because they're saying that the, the show is going to air on Nickelodeon. I don't know who has cable, and so they have Nickelodeon. Otherwise, they have Paramount Plus, which is where Nickelodeon is being streamed as well. My understanding is that children just watch YouTube now. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Oh, my, that's no, all I, my kid watches. Uh, yeah, after, after they've watched seven hours of TikTok. Um, and that's my explanation I, of the youth. Yeah, the youths, <laughs> all the youths and their trouble. Right, right. and this more is than two old, these days. Old man yelling in the cloud, <laughs> episode seventy-two. Um, now <laughs> on to <laughs> uh, the reason we're all here, which is Picard, episode seven, monsters. Uh, a reminder for our listeners that our episode discussions on Discovery Debrief are meant to be an accompaniment to your episodic viewing and not as a replacement for watching. Please be sure to have watched our subject show prior to listening to ensure that you get the most out of our discussion. Now that the disclaimers are out of the way, we can start with a synopsis of uh, Picard Episode 7. Inside his mind, Picard relives part of a memory from his childhood where his apparently abusive father, Maurice, chased Picard's younger self and his mother, Yvette, through the house. Talon helps Picard realize that his mother was actually struggling with mental illness and Maurice was just trying to protect her and Picard. Dramatic sci-fi worlds collide as James Callis, a.k.a. Gaius Frackin' Baltar is cast as the Elder Picard. A lot was said here about mental health, or was it? Did the message really resonate with you and a uh, complete non sequitur? What did you think of James Callis's performance, Dan? Okay, so on on the just let's, let's get the connection out of the way. We now have both. Dr. Baltars having played roles in Star Trek. Correct. Uh, because um, uh, the previous Dr. Baltar uh, played uh, Klingon in the original yes. series, and now we have uh, James Callis, who is always welcome in anything that I am watching. If you put it in there, I don't care uh, what the what the documentary is, what the subject is. If he is in it, it's 100% better just for him uh, having been there. Uh, so, so I was excited. It took me a minute. Um, 
and and I thought maybe it had even been spoiled, uh, but I thought it was just like fantasy casting because I don't really pay attention. And so when I saw it was him, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Um, and much to the chagrin of the um, of the cosplayers out there, it looks like yet another Star Trek uniform variant was introduced uh, <laughs> with the gray shoulders, but not the padding, not the ribbing like the Deep Space Nine or the First Contact grays. Uh, so, you know, yet another variant. Uh, but I did um, with the mental with the mental illness uh, issues. I really I did like the way that they tried to frame that uh, as someone who's worked through some of those things uh, mm. and, you know, having the kids there as witness to some of that and not knowing their perspective. Um, it's interesting to see how Picard's mind has framed those experiences to protect him and his memory of his mother to, to keep her from being the source of his pain. Right. Although we could suspect that she's the source of his pain. Right. Um, <laughs> but, but he's projected it onto his father because his father was the one there preventing him from being with his mother from his perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Incredibly well said. Great perspective. Uh, Ty, what, what about you? What do you, what did you think? Of, yeah. Uh, I really appreciate hearing that perspective from Dan, because part of my big question watching this episode was sort of like, is this a depiction that makes sense? Right. Like just similar to the way that you asked it in your original question. See? Right. Um, and so it's, it's kind of nice to hear from somebody who felt like that was a reasonable depiction from their perspective. I guess my biggest question was like, shouldn't they be in a, like I would just expect mental health care to sort of be more advanced than like what seemed to be locking her in a room at that point in time um and he maybe make I a point to say missed. that she refused the care and okay. so you know medical ethics are that the patient can't you know if the patient refuses okay. care you can't force care on them um and right. i guess that she was somewhere reasonably capable enough to 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 make that decision herself i, I you know there's a lot we're missing as talent yeah, notes let's... there's more to the, there's more to this Right. Yeah, that's well, that's fair enough. Um, but I just uh, real quick, Cicero, I just want to yeah, say yeah, James Callis's performance. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I thought he was great. You know, he's always got the exact level of stubble. Uh, you know, that <laughs> thick, rich. Um, yes. Anyway, um, but he, you know, I feel like there's something about like he's able to play these characters that bring out the end antagonistic like he's able to antagonize um people and make them sort of angry and frustrated and picard i think it's fair to say was like sort of irrationally confrontational uh with him uh in in kind of their interactions um and so it was really i really enjoyed watching it and i also have really enjoyed going around telling people who i know are not interested in watching picard but who really like battlestar galactica hey guys baltar is uh john Luke picard's father and they're like right. what what yeah I, I don't know you gotta watch two seasons of picard maybe it'll be worth it. Eh, we'll now see. you gotta watch and I would say too that um, uh, I watched uh, I watched it again. I, I thought I noticed in the first time around, but I watched it again uh, today. And uh, he makes an acting choice when he is in the persona of the uh, psycho psychologist. He's more in his 
normal speaking tone. And when he is in the role of Maurice later, he he digs into kind of a gravelly lower tone that mm. that and and disaffects his accent some. And I thought, well, that's an interesting uh, direction to take that to kind of make that separation uh, for us and for Picard's mind. Right. Well, and yeah. And um, to that point, you know, the 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 fact is that Picard almost didn't recognize him as the counselor or as his father while he was the counselor. Exactly. But he but he recognizes his father as the monster. And mm-hmm. now he sounds like the monster. Um, really, really great perspective, Dan. I'm I'm glad you have it. Uh, Ty, uh, well said as well. I, I I was having I was having a lot of problems with where we were supposed to be going, but I loved the performance. Um, so I loved how it was happening, and I think I think some of some of my like stubbornness may have come from the fact that like. I'm I'm so eager to see where we're going that I'm like I'm ignoring the stuff like I'm I'm becoming a petulant child and as we're on this road trip I'm missing you know part of the fun of the road trip which is all of the you know the biggest ball of yarn and I'm I I missed it because I'm so mad that we're still not there yet right like <laughs> I don't know where we're going um and and you know I got to remind myself that uh that I, I, you know, I gotta, I gotta be able to enjoy the road trip too. Cause that's, that's part of, that's part of the trip as well. Can I say too, I mean, definitely, you know, learning to appreciate the journey is a valuable thing, but I don't think it's your fault for feeling like, right. Compared to watching a season of TNG, this right. is very clearly like building to something, you know what I mean? Like explicitly, right. like whatever Q yes. changed and whatever needs to be fixed in the timeline. You know what I mean? So I don't like, I, I do think, you know, we do need to learn to enjoy the parts of the journey that we're about to talk about in more detail, but they don't make it easy to do so, you know? And if you're not all in on kind of the big, mystery and this time we don't even really i I mean i still lack understanding i guess about what it is uh but like you know it's it's i think it's it's pretty understandable that you're having trouble like appreciating the view out the window when when the promise wasn't like get in the car we're gonna go see some beautiful sights the promise was like get in the car i'm gonna take you somewhere really really awesome right right right, so you're like waiting to get some by the way along the way (laughs) right Right, and, we're gonna pass all this awesome stuff. Yeah, right. I agree and, yeah. with uh, that. That the that analogy modern Trek, the the biggest thing that modern Trek suffers from is pacing. The mm-hmm. the writers, you know, they have so many great ideas that they try to jam into only ten episodes, and we get to episode seven. We have three episodes left out of ten now, and you know, there's some there's some um, speculation that that we're gonna get a cliffhanger that bleeds into the season three, which we all know is going to be the end. But at the same time, with Discovery the same way, there's this, you know, rush at the end to wrap everything up. We get a lot of, ah, we got to get their hand waving. Right, right. And, you know, and it's, it's, not so many, it's not so much as moving the chairs as it is just blowing the chairs out of the way on a rush <laughs> to the finish line. Um, because we got to, you know, oh, crap, we're down to the last episode. Uh, but. They are giving us, you know, they're giving us a few things to pick up and and take take home with us too. You know, sure. souvenirs along the way. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, well, well said, man. I'm, man, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's, let's move on with the plot a little. Uh, so Picard wakes up from his coma and Talon reveals that she is actually Romulan and possibly Laris, Laris's ancestor. Picard theorizes that Q may have, have a, he may have a personal stake in his trial and asks Guinan to summon Q using an Elorian ritual. The ritual falls, uh, fails just as FBI agent Martin Wells enters the, bill, uh, the bar and arrests them based on surveillance footage of Picard using his transporter. So it seems like there is uh, a portion of every episode lately that contains a plot point that just seems the most hand waviest. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and this was it for me. So Talon is a Romulan after all. And, and then Picard's like, oh, you must be Laris's ancestor because you look just like her. Anyway, can you pass the tea? Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. So, 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 can 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 Ty? Can you spin this for me and tell me why I shouldn't be groaning to to all of these revelations? No, of course I can't tell you that. I mean, one thing that drives me crazy watching certain things is when you don't know the stakes of something, right? Because it seems like the bad guy is about to look behind the box where our hero is hiding. We just saw our hero hiding behind that box, but then cut to behind the box and somehow they're already gone, right? Like you don't, (laughs) when you keep kind of moving uh, the stakes around after the fact, I feel like it's sort of, you sort of lose the tension of things. Like you can't expect me to feel tension about like, who is this character when the end result is going to turn out to be so unsatisfying, right? Like when we finally right. look behind the box and it's just like totally no big deal. Like you said, it's just like, Oh, pass, pass the Earl gray. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and I don't know, maybe I sort of missed something, but yeah, it really did feel like, wait, after all that, this is, this is the reveal. It was just sort of like, Oh, and here's my ears. LOL. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, Oh, help us out here. You've been doing you've been doing a great job uh, so far. Uh you know, okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to agree with you guys. Uh but then I'm going to I'm going to tell you some things that are in this this part of the the episode that are great, yes. okay? Okay. All right. Please. So Perfect. These explanations are the absolute least interesting part of the story to me. I did not need an explanation <laughs> as to why Guinan has aged because I'm not an idiot. Okay. Right, of course. Like I don't. Okay, <laughs> my imagination can fill in the gaps that um, you know LR is apparently pretty powerful on the level of Q can probably manipulate their physical appearance or however it is they want to do that. Yep. Don't waste story time telling me that. I don't need Picard to go. Oh, of course. Right. It makes you know. <laughs> but right. Q, that perfect story beat. Right. Yeah. Yes. So. Yes. All I needed was her to have the gadget on, right? The little ear, the little, the little widget she wore to get into his mind had the Romulan ear shape. Leave right. it at that. Let it remain a mystery. 
right? Yeah. Don't sure. make her Romulan. Just leave it as it is. Let let me speculate. That was the fun of 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 older versions of Star Trek was that there were these where the hell is Wesley? You know who has an answer? Will Wheaton. And it's great because he's got it in his head because he's told this story to himself. And mm-hmm. it's fantastic and he shared it with us. And that's where I am with this is like let leave me some things to ponder about sure. like I don't need to know the whole story of Talon. It doesn't it doesn't matter. Right? Or unless it better pay off. This better not be Chekhov's Romulan, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but but some great elements in this sequence in the in the clinic um are from Rios, of course. Uh we get the call back to the uh no I'm from Chile. I just work in outer space. Right. Right. But there's one more call out of Blinken you miss it. Uh, when the when the youngster walks in and he goes, uh, that's a great EVA suit. He says, I hope you're up on your zero gravity combat training. And that's a call oh, out yeah. to Worf from First Contact. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's right. So okay. I caught that on the rewatch today and I was like, oh, I've got to yes. remember to bring that up. Got to remember All to bring right. that up. All right. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, so I'm, yeah, I'm with you on the hand wavy hoo-hoo-ha. Don't, I don't right. need that. I don't need it. Right. It is, uh, uh, well, uh, the, the hope again is, right, that the, it, like both of those, both of those Easter eggs came from the same place as the hand wavy stuff, right? You know, they're, it, they're, it's coming from the same group of people. So you, you're hoping that they're as aware about the fact that they're being hand wavy as they are when they're dropping these really fun, nerdy. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, 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 you know, I guess we'll find out. Um, well, and, and and speaking of Rios, as we move on with the with the plot, uh, Rios secretly brings Teresa and her son onto La Serena, <laughs> confessing that he is a time traveler. Uh, Rafi and Seven discover that the ship's computers have been sabotaged with Borg encryption codes and begin tracking Agnes. Uh, they find a bar where she smashed the window and realize that the queen is trying to create more endorphins in Agnes until she has enough power to assimilate more people and become a new Borg queen. The B team is at it again. Reels has broken the space-time continuum because he's feeling plucky. Meanwhile, Seven and Rafi are trying to stop Girardi from creating hedonism. L.A. Um, Why are we surprised that the Borg queen would want to assimilate humans when uh, the Borg have shown such an affinity to doing so. Um, and w- where will this Rios thing end up? Right? Where where are we going to go, Dan? I'm trying. This is probably the most interesting uh, aspect is, is what are we doing with the Borg? Uh, what is, as you know, uh, uh, Borgati, Bur- as we might right. call her. <laughs> uh, what is she doing? Um, I do want to be on the record right here on this show. So, so I'm putting it out there. Uh, here's a conspiracy corner, you know, conspiracy phaser sound off. Um, my initial instinct with the future board queen from episode one is that it was Picard's mother. And I don't know. And then again, I don't care how we, how we get there. That was the, because that's what I thought too. Because she says, look up, look up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, I thought as well. So I want, you know, I want to be on the record as, Mm -hmm. as having said that when, so that when it's true, we are correct. Okay. Um, Fair enough. 
Fair enough. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, oh. Also, also, I just want to say, um, as, as you're going forward, um, from this point on, she is known as Agnes of Borg. Agnes of uh, Borg. I love it. I yeah. love it. So, um, so yeah. Uh, she's killing it, by the way. Uh, yes, she is. As uh, absolutely in this role. Uh, I love the fact that we've had two surprise performances from two absolutely standout uh, musical perform- uh, artists. Uh, this episode, of, of course, uh, is uh, Sir Pat's wife, uh, who performs the song in the bar that, that Gerardi goes to. Um, right. But show, you know, Rios breaking the space-time continuum. I'm hoping we get... Um, you know, and starting another Star Trek four moment where they go forward with him, right. uh, and that, and that you know he has this adopted family in 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 the future because that's that's really what he's looking for. I think you know he's talking about Picard being a father figure, but he's probably looking to be a father figure too. You know, sure. Um, and then uh, with um, Gerardi, uh becoming the board queen, that moment that they're you know. Uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of uh, MacGuffin uh, magic happening for Rafi and Seven to be able to track her down, or yeah, track her down and everything. Uh, but she has that limp biscuit moment where she's just like, "Let's break some stuff tonight." And the the trick being that that's what releases some endorphins, gives the board queen a little more edge room into taking things over. Um, but yeah, you know, we can all relate to breaking some stuff, making us feel a little better from time to time. You know. Uh, when we're out there getting, when we're out there getting our feels on, you never know, right? <laughs> so, uh, Ty, you are you buying the uh, the the break room rehab for the for Agnes of Borg? That was such a good spin on this whole part of the episode. I actually really like found myself enjoying the first like in Picard's mind half, and and right. not as much enjoying this part. Um. Indeed, breaking stuff does sometimes make one feel better, but uh, I don't know. I just am sort of uh, <laughs> ready to, like, I'm just not that interested, you know, and I still don't, like, I, I still think I am fundamentally, personally missing something. Like, it still just seems so much better to me for the Borg Queen to just, like, help this little gang make things right again. Uh, and I, I just don't see how personally rebooting the Borg, starting with Gerardi on Earth at this time, is better than reversing the clock where the Borg have like military dominance over entire sectors of space, right? Like, am I wrong? Like, I, I don't know, but whatever. Um, you know, Dan's drink that we could hear him pouring in the background was perfectly timed as you were discussing Rios bringing, uh, you know, <laughs> Teresa and her son onto the ship. Because yes. it's just like, you guys have already mentioned butterflies and time paradoxes like multiple right. times. And you're just like, you can't you can't tell them that you did this, Rios. Um, and, and, you know, I, I guess I do sort of like if I had to call it, you know, if I had to put money on it, I do think... Dan's probably right about Rios um, taking them into the future, but it, it, I can't help but feel like it's kind of like a selfish move. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what he wants, but she's like, you know, she's running this she's, clinic and this like right, vulnerable, underserved. Like, I, you know, it yeah, would have, right. I would feel better if at some point somebody had walked up and been like, "Come on, Teresa, I'm ready to take over the clinic." You know, I'm ready. Right, you know right. what I mean? Like, right. kind of thing <laughs> by now, but but uh, so I would feel like. You know, I, this kid's got a 
go to school like you can't I don't, I don't know there's that's a lot to unpack for me um but i do kind of i mean either someone's got to die or someone's got to switch time zones right so right. Uh, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yes yeah we're, yeah i'm in uh yeah i'm in vulcan standard time um so yeah well uh as as far as agnes of borg man um ty every every empire begins with a single assimilation so you know why not Earth? I guess I I don't know. It it doesn't it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me that uh, yeah like you would assi- try and assimilate the planet while it is clearly uh, technologically inferior. Like it's not and like then, she had a bad life in the other time. Like she's the queen. Right. 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 Well, right. I mean, yeah, she was well in the in the in our current skewed timeline in, in our, in their present, she was moments away from being destroyed and all of the board. Right. But isn't the whole point of this expedition to, uh, fix that? that That's what I'm saying. Like if she could help write that wrong, wouldn't that be the best possible outcome for her? Like, it it just feels like she actually has much more at stake than humanity, but I I don't know. I mean, I guess if she assimilates (laughs) Picard, or if she assimilates the the humans, then Picard could never come and be the you know the Borg Slayer. So I guess yeah, I, don't I don't know. I guess if building an empire from scratch sounds energizing to you, then then sure, I guess well, I, I get it. But yeah. it sounds exhausting. Well, you know to what me they say. Potentially have a way to just get your existing you know trillion man army and empire back. Like right. well. You know what they say, in order to, to start an empire, you got to break a few windows. So Right, yeah. <laughs> but I have a question for you gentlemen, okay? Okay. Uh, when, when, they did the, when they did the ceremony, you know, the, the breaking of the wine uh, for, to summon the queue, uh, and, and, you know, there was the, the shake, rattle, and roll moment, and everything felt like something was happening, and it got really quiet. And that guy showed up. Okay. At first, I thought, Okay, that's just a different cue, right? It's going to be just right. a different cue. And right. then he comes in, he starts asking the questions. She seats him at the bar, pours him a drink. And we get, you know, he's asking all these very pointed questions about sci fi, so on and so forth. And of right. course, then it turns into the FBI raid. But that actor, if you guys haven't been uh, on the Twitters, uh, is the same actor who played a time agent in an episode of Voyager. Get out of here. That's the time agent. It, well, it's the, oh, it's oh, the it's same, same actor. actor. Get oh, out of here! Oh, but he was very much in the know, and the slant he was leading in those questions. Yes, oh, and so whoa. yeah. Oh and man, no, these cats aren't doing shit by accident, right? Yeah, because I was right. as soon as I initially did think he was a cute, but pretty quickly I was like, oh, this guy's a cop. Yeah, I'm going to shout out to uh, Tad at Tyrannicus on Twitter. I believe he's go. the one who uh, first showed me that information. Um, he's a fantastic individual. Was also yeah. at Mission Chicago. But yeah, it's the same actor. Um, and you know, uh, unless it's Jeffrey Combs, it's probably the same character. Right, <laughs> right, right. And uh, yeah, if it's Jeffrey Combs, it's the same eight characters. Right, right. Um, so. He's, he is Star Trek. Last I checked, yes. Jeffrey Combs plays everyone. You both are being played by Jeffrey Combs right now. Right now, right now. Yeah, um, yeah if, he can, <laughs> if he can go to work. 
for me. Um, yeah, I, I that'd be great, that. wouldn't it? Right. <laughs> and today, I'll be played by Jeffrey Combs. Um, so uh, here we are at the end. Um, we have three episodes remaining, and we're still seemingly no closer to a resolution than we were at the start of this episode. How do we get there? Dan, how, how do we get to a resolution? Uh, wow. I, um, I, I, first of all, we still, I think where we don't understand is what is our end goal, right? As far right. as we know, the end goal is to return to the future, but what if it's not like, that's our inference as the audience right now. Right. Uh, but, but as um, I believe it was on, we'll shout out to the Vulcan. Hello. Uh, Scott mm-hmm. and Jason's podcast uh, uh, on New Trek. Um, I believe they're the ones that talked about how, um, you know, we, um, oh gosh, I forgot where I was going with that. Dad, come it. Um, it. Is it uh, that perhaps we're, you know, we're in, in the mind of someone else or that we're not, oh, we're that not actually that this might be a, uh, that, that this is going to be a cliffhanger season. That we're not oh, going yeah. to have oh, yeah. I a, said that last week. Yeah, yeah, a tied up ending. Yeah, that we're not going to yeah. get a tied up ending. That's going to be a cliffhanger season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, and that's I, I, you know, at this point, I, I feel like that might be the better choice, um, because I don't see if our end goal is to get to the future. I don't see where we where we're going from here without rushing, and that's with the previous two episodes ahead of this one having been thirty five ish minutes apiece. Um, which seemed like, you know, uh, uh, overlong episode that got cut in half instead of hmm. a full two episodes. Right. Sure. Sure. Uh, Ty, how, wow. how do we, how do we get to the end from, from yeah. here? Or, or do you, are you, are you rocking with, with Dan's, uh, supposition here? Yeah, I do think, you know, there is going to be a greater level of continuity between seasons two and three. Um, then there certainly than there were between one and two, let's say. Um, and I think what we'll get at the end of this season is not so much a resolution, but I think we will experience some kind of major loss um, to mark the end of this season, um, whether that comes in the form of a, a death or somebody switching timelines or what, but somebody is going to be moved off the board uh, in a way that is, uh, I, I think is going to be upsetting and, and bad. Um Maybe maybe it'll be not such a bad thing, depending on how it happens. But yeah, I do think we're <laughs> not going to get like a sense of closure so much as a sense of uh, loss on the one hand and urgency to fix some kind of ongoing problem on the other hand, which really makes me fear that we are indeed going to be still in, in 2024 at the end of season two of Picard. Uh, I had hoped for a long time that that would not be the case, but I think... Uh, I'm starting to see the writing on the wall at this point. All right. Now, so uh, follow-up questions for you, man. Um, the the first is, uh, if you're starting to reconcile with the fact that, that uh, we'll begin season three in 2024, um, how do you feel about that? How, how are you making yourself feel, be okay with that? 
I mean, I'll make myself be okay with that in the sense that I'll continue watching the show. Um, sure. And, you know, like I get something out of the show. It's enjoyable even when it doesn't go to places that I find particularly interesting. You know, it's it's well right. made and there's always right. some good, uh, good performances and good scenes and stuff like that, even in the episodes that I like the least. Uh, and this, sure. this wasn't one of those, you know, I did kind of right. enjoy this more than some others. Um, but I think for me, you know, it can't just be, even if we're still in 2024 at the beginning of the next season, it can't just be endlessly stringing us along. Like we have to be closer to understanding what Q's kind of like point is, right? Which I think we still right. don't really understand. Like at the beginning of the season, there was this, you know, pretty clear suggestion from Q that Picard was lacking something or had some kind of fundamental personality or character flaw that Q was trying to expose uh, or bring to the surface or whatever. Uh, and it seems like we've kind of lost sight of anything like that. Uh, Picard certainly. His, his character flaw is that he is susceptible to being hit by cars. Well, again, <laughs> it was a Tesla. You know what I mean? Like yes, it was quiet, uh, you know. Right. Uh, anyway, Stuck up on him, but right. yeah, so, uh, I guess I, you know, to answer your question, I would like for them not to be, you know, I would like for them to get back to some kind of, uh, futuristic timeline and stuff like that. Um, again, just because I feel like that allows them to explore the stories that are really interesting. Part of what I liked about this episode is that we got into Picard kind of as a, as a person, like as a human being, you know what I mean? As somebody right. with a past and with a history and with trauma in that history and, and who's like got stuff that they need to work through. And that's just so much more interesting to me than like, let's do a zany heist type of like NASA gala thing. You know what I mean? Right. And so, um, it kind the of feels like, yeah, yeah, right. It kind of seems like if they want to stay in this timeline, it's, it means, not just staying in this timeline, but it means a little more zaniness. And it's like, why does it have to be zany? You know, like we can right. uh, bring it back to kind of the heart. And if they like, if they can do that in 2024, that's fine. But I don't, I don't know. Right. All right. Now, hot seat, hot seat question for you. You said that you think that we're going to experience some kind of loss somewhere in the cast. You got to name names. You got to speculate. Uh, I haven't thought about this, but I'll just go ahead and say, I mean, what are the stakes here, right? I'm going to go ahead right. and say, uh, we're going to say goodbye to, can I, can I pick two people either, yeah, man. either Do seven it. or Rafi mm. of the two of them? I think we're going to say goodbye to, to one of them just because wow. I think this show is uh, in a lot of ways pretty pessimistic in its worldview this season and they had that conversation in this episode where they talked about being sort of the main event the one that people are watching for to get back together right. and so it just right. seems uh yeah i could picture right them being Ooh. cruel in that way <laughs> with us and and uniting them for a tender moment only to have one of them get sucked out of an airlock or something like oh, that oh man oh, i like i like the way you think sir um i yeah if if uh if we're gonna go down that path i would i would guess it's rafi um since elnora is gone already mm, well mm -hmm, we can lose mm -hmm. we can lose rafi and parentheses that question mark right mm -hmm, right exactly mm -hmm. and and then we can close that loop um because we can't lose seven and lose picard in two seasons right no, like we no. so so, and so if it's 
Right, right. And Echev, right? We lost Echev already, um, but we can't lose seven and Picard after seven comes back to be a badass. Um, right, right. So, yeah. So if if somebody's got to go, it's got to be Rafi. Um, but but I like the I like the way you're thinking. I um, yeah. Last week, as we were having our conversation, it, it really led me to believe that this season, season two of of Picard is is uh, is Picard's Empire Strikes Back. And that we're, you know, that the bad guys seemingly will be winning by the time this this uh, season ends. And we're going to go into season three and we're going to get the old gang back together for one more trench run uh, and destroy the Death Star. And actually, if you if you if you look at it, uh, you know, you look at it in an elevator, um, season one was kind of a new hope. Right. Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. you had you had the goofy stuff that was going on. You had the big the big nonsensical battle at the at the end. Um, Han Solo, a.k.a., you know, Will Riker flew in in his ship and his, you know, and his badass <laughs> ship to give them the the one. The 357 of his, of his badass <laughs> ships. ships. Right. Right. Um, and, you know, to give you the, the clear shot, kid. And and then everybody lives happily ever after. So is Luke Picard um, or is Luke uh, Soji in that? Uh, right. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Not like you have to have an answer, but I do, I think it's interesting. Right. To, yeah, I think every, yeah, I everyone think, well, is Luke. Yeah, I think I think yeah, I think yeah, Picard is Luke. I think Picard is Luke, and and uh, and Data was like his Obi Wan. Um, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so you know, here we are, and uh, we you know we're gonna have our empire, and then. We'll have Jedi where everybody comes together for one big triumphant so you're saying return. Give it a couple decades and everyone will be saying this season is is the best one. Yes, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this right. is this is the best season of uh, of of Picard. Um yeah, well, so any any final thoughts on on Picard before we finally wrap it up? I would say uh I I you know, um not to not to to really pin it down on uh, Ty, but regardless of what he desires, uh, Picard will be in 2024 because that's just when season three is going to premiere. So you know, mm-hmm. based on yeah. based on the timing. Um, but I, I think we'll probably, I hope, we'll see something along the lines of a best of both worlds moment where it's just this really tense you know, cliffhanger moment uh, where we have to, you know, a good cliffhanger where we've got to wait it out and we've got to find out what happens. And then it's just kind of, it's kind of bam, bam wrapped up in the first couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we get into, we get into that denouement of, of the TNG crew uh, and bring them home and get them uh, off into the sunset, uh, you know, galloping out on the enterprise F or however it is, Worf's going to take us home, you know? Hmm. Yeah, that's, that is the, I, I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, I'll tune in for that. Um, Ty, any any? Yeah, I, I'm we... I'm excited by that vision. Like that that yeah. would be a good way to make twenty. Like to feel like during whatever this you know quote unquote season. Because I've talked about how like the, that even that idea of seasons doesn't even quite feel applicable anymore but if they can leave me feeling even if i do experience some loss that's okay if they can leave me genuinely excited 
for the show to come back and to see that resolution um like right something they can really like put out a teaser for ahead of time really tantalize me with and just like dan said kind of something that they sort out within probably the first couple episodes um and then sort of move on to the the big i don't know like you know i always think of uh like in the video game when you kind of are like rallying your party, you know, you got to go around convincing all the factions to, to fight for you sort of thing. And I don't know if we'll get, we talked about that before on this show, right? Whether we're going to get Picard kind of rounding them up or sister, you have your own views on how that cast is going to appear, (laughs) the manner in which we will see them. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm going to go along with Dan's vision because it makes me uh, kind of more excited for season three than, than, the internal narrative, I guess I had been building for myself. So yeah, I'll piggyback on that. Yeah. What's yeah, the, I, I was going to say what the folks don't remember or what the kids these days don't understand is best of both worlds. Isn't just the defining cliffhanger. It was like the first cliffhanger. It was the first time there was any kind of a hint oh, of continuity wow. between like one season to the next of most television, of, of, right? Yeah. Of yeah. Trek especially, but With television Trek, in general. Yeah. Uh, and so the idea that seasons connected to each other never really played off on any other show. And so well, there was, summer, there was, there was, uh, uh, obviously who killed, who, yeah, who yeah, killed yeah, JR? But that was yeah. all a dream. So did it even happen? Right. Uh, <laughs> but, but, it, but that summer uh, was absolutely excruciating. Um, right. you know, and that kind of level of anticipation, give me some yeah. of that. If we're building up to that, yeah, man, let's go. Yeah. And, and to, and to do it on a, on a show that was syndicated. There's going to be some saucer sections that get separated. I feel. Oh man. Oh, oh that yeah. would, that would be great. That would be great to see. <laughs> I'm not, you know, uh, I don't super geek out over the ships, but that would be dope. <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah! Well, uh, we have we have devolved into nonsense, which means that we've come to the end of our show. Uh, so. So thank you guys for listening to us talk about episode seven of Picard season two. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you would be so kind as to like, share and subscribe to our feeds, we would greatly appreciate it. If you subscribe in a place where you can leave a review, please do so. And we'd be honored to read it on a podcast at a future date. Stay tuned to this feed as we look to come back with more regular recaps of all things Star Trek including the ongoing ventures in season two of Star Trek Picard and the upcoming Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Um, thank you so much, Dan, for uh, your friendship, your insights, um, and for just being an awesome human being. I will give you a moment to plug whatever you like in this camera, in this camera, in this camera. What? <laughs> I want to uh, echo back uh, those sentiments. Thank you so much for your kindness and generosity. Uh, while I was in Chicago, um, you know, we went out to dinner. It was fantastic. It was. Uh, I've, I've taken adoption of John Tribble. Uh, that is his name. You say it all, all, yeah. all together. John Tribble. Uh, John Tribble. And uh, he, he and I, uh, we go on adventures together now. That's uh, awesome. But um, you can find me and all things I do uh, under the moniker of the Commodore on Twitter at D-A-N-D-E-C-K-R. Uh, and you can check out my podcast, uh, Shall We Digress, 
at uh, DigressCast on Twitter and uh, anchor.fm slash DigressCast. Well, uh, thank you very much. I guess, yeah, I'll be talking to you tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. We'll be recapping some more Mission Chicago. Uh, Ty, the invitation is extended to you as well. If you want to get together with us and a couple other friends, we're going to do this all over again. On the Cicero (laughs) Podcast Network. (laughs) You get a podcast and you get a podcast. Everybody gets a podcast. Ty's Ty's podcast uh, starts on Saturday. He doesn't even know about it yet. That's how fresh it is. We're just going to start dropping episodes whether or not he shows up to record them. Well, segue. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, don't for, don't forget to listen to us if you're if you're watching Paramount Plus and uh, watching sci-fi shows on Paramount Plus. Don't forget to listen to Forward Under Quan, uh, hosted by our very own Tyler Monaghan. So, uh, and yeah, and me and uh, another one of our friends are on there. So. Uh, it's it's a good time. Uh, well, at least I think so. Absolutely, not yeah, as good as this. Right, right. but uh, you know, we yeah, we don't have Dan on it. So, <laughs> well, un- until then, I will say uh, thank you so much and go boldly, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>